Well, but this is this is what COVID has done to people, right? It's it's driven people to make decisions that they probably wouldn't have made or been pushed to um, to make that kind of decision. Good morning, everybody. What's up? What's up? This is episode ninety nine of KT Confidential. Ninety nine episodes. I'm Adrian. This is Ariel, and this is all about real estate. How do you know if somebody's listening to it in the morning or not? Well, if they're not, that's fine. But it's published in the morning at six o'clock every Monday. So it's morning. Yes, that's right. Six o'clock every Monday morning. You can listen to us anywhere that you stream your podcast or watch this video on YouTube. Go to ktconfidential.ca and make sure you subscribe. So you get notification of all these awesome podcasts. And there's... 99 weeks of podcasts now. So you got lots of content. It just seems like yesterday we started this podcast. It's fast. Time time goes by quickly. It is. So for people, people just joining, listening for the first time, what do we talk about? We talk about everything real estate related, real estate news, what's going on in the marketplace. How do you sell more successfully? How do you buy more successfully? How do you invest more successfully? And not just for the general public, also for realtors. We do give our insights and our wisdom and share our experiences and our... 100%. Ins and outs of real estate. The open book of real estate right here. All right. Well, you chose today's topic. I did. And um, I'll, I'll tell you how I came about choosing this topic. First of all, I now subscribe to Apple News and I I thought it was, well, that's what I'm going to about to tell you, but if you let me speak. (laughs) How does it feel to be interrupted all the time? Apple News, I thought at 13 bucks a month that it's a ripoff. Oh, it's actually a subscription. I I did not realize that. It's a subscription service. Okay. And... I never subscribed, but then what happened was during our quarantine time throughout COVID, I found myself um, needing to stimulate my brain a little bit with things that I didn't have around the house. And I didn't want to just be randomly scrolling, you know, Google or Facebook or whatever. And, uh, I got an email that very same day I had that thought of, you know, thinking of other things to do in the morning because I wake up early, as you know. Yes. Five, five thirty, six o'clock at the latest. I make a coffee and I've got an hour or two before the family wakes up and there's dead silence in the house. And I love that time. So I make a coffee and usually I, I read, right? And, um, so I got this email from Apple, 30 days free. So I said, what the hell? I'll try it. Well, how cool is this app? They have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of magazines that you can subscribe to within the app. So as long as you're subscribing to the app, all these magazines now are free. And there are some magazines I would never subscribe to, but because it's free... You know, you say, what the hell? So things like um, House and Home or GQ or, you know, magazines that I wouldn't 
otherwise pay for. Yeah. Now, now I have access to, and um, a lot of newspapers and things are also uh, on a subscription basis. Um, Globe and Mail, the Star, etc. So you get access to all of it. So I love it. It's 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 my go-to every morning. Um, but one of the magazines that I subscribe to through Apple News is a magazine that I actually used to get delivered to my home on a monthly basis, which is Toronto Life. So did I. Good magazine. I love Toronto Life. Always have. Um, and the October issue is very um, relevant to what we talk about. And the cover stood out to me because it says, Adventures in Real Estate, COVID made me do it. And they've got these little bubbles and their little snippets, I guess, of, of each of the stories within the article. And the article is a great article. It really, as a realtor reading this, it really gave me some, even though we deal with it on a day-to-day basis, it gave me some more insight as to what is exactly going through people's minds right now in terms of purchasing behavior. And uh, so these little bubbles on the front cover, now you won't be able to see that, but um, you know, Toronto Life, October 2020 issue. Um, yeah, it's like little snippets of what's inside. Yeah, it says, we bought a house with a yard. I went from a basement to a penthouse condo. I moved to the country. We upsized to a four-bedroom. I bought an RV. I'm living on a fishing boat. We shacked up with the in-laws. Okay, and we've talked about a little bit about this in past um, episodes, uh, but now we've actually seen and realized exactly what's going on because now we've helped a bunch of people that changed their purchasing behavior when it comes to real estate um, because of COVID. So that's what we're going to talk about today. It's, uh, it's, I was having this conversation with someone two days ago and it's, you get two different people um, kind of commenting on the market and, you know, for us, our gauge, for me anyways, I can speak at saying that, you know, one of the gauges I use to determine the direction of the market is the feedback we get from people that are actively in the market, whether they're buying or selling. And then you have other people on the outside looking in, voicing their opinion, which doesn't really hold as much value. So you get a lot of people on the outside saying, oh, where are people getting their money? Why are they moving? And the market's going to blow up. It doesn't make sense. It's going to, bubble's going to pop. But from the inside, the people that are actively in the market, there's so many reasons why the market is strong. And COVID has caused people to completely reevaluate their current um, residence, whether it's a basement apartment, a condo, um, or a house that perhaps is too big for them. And it's made them kind of uh, redirect and decide to move for whatever reason. There's so many reasons. Yeah, I think what's going to happen, and we're going to see it more and more as, you know, now this quote-unquote second wave and people staying home, you know, working from home, a lot of kids like, your kids are homeschooling now or whatever you call it, the online virtual, yeah. Virtual schooling. Um, You know, so I think we're going to see, I think this is not going to 
go away very quickly. Like I can easily see us going through all of 2021 with very little change to what it is right now. Um, you know, people being stuck in their quote unquote bubbles and being stuck at home and, uh, um, Sometimes home doesn't cut it anymore, especially when you're spending 90% of your time there. Uh, and especially if you have a spouse and children that are also spending 90% of the time there. That's why we've seen a shit ton of divorces and separations this year. Yeah. I can't believe how many calls we've got. And we called it. We called it. Remember, I mean that clip where I said, "If you if you didn't like your spouse going into COVID, you're certainly not going to like them now." Yes, uh, very true. Very true. My phone rang a number of times, and so did everybody else on the team of people that are getting divorced and separated, needing to sell. Um, I've had the circumstance where um, the family is actually staying together but one of the spouses ended up renting another place so they would have a, a place to go aside from being at home with their spouse interesting um you know uh so it, it's amazing what the last six months uh has transpired in terms of real estate decisions. So, so here's something that I think is going to be a big uh, trend. I'll call it a trend because I don't know if everybody's going to hop on this boat or uh, how long it's going to last. Tiny homes, very small homes. Yes. I think are going to be in high demand. And it might contradict what you would think typical for what's going on right now. Like for me, I'm thinking, man, I need a bigger house. So I have space to get away. Well, who, who, who would be the buyers? Because you've got different types of people. You've got people that are in condos and basement apartments and renting who want to move up, but that would probably be the right move for them. Are the only feasible move. So why why are you thinking small houses when everybody else is thinking I need something bigger or more land? I'm not necessarily talking about families or things like that. I think it's going to be a financial thing, financial yes. decision of people understanding what they really need. That's it. Do you really need 2,500 square feet? Right. My home is 2,500 square feet. And if we were to move, I can assure you both my spouse and I are going to look at each other and say, okay, well, let's get a bigger house, more space for the kids to run around, a bigger backyard and this and that. But I can tell you, at least 50% of the actual square footage is used on a very seldom basis. Our guest room and gym, certainly the gym, yeah. are not being used often. Um, you know, the the little dining area in the basement, uh, in the in the kitchen area there, that's not used ever. Um, even my office space, half of my office, I mean, my office is only, I don't know, 10 by eight. Um, 
I only use about half of it, right? So you start dissecting what you're actually using and then what you're paying for. So I think a lot of, I think a lot of people are going to have to make that decision. And I think, um, I think it's going to be a bit of a fad. I think people are going to think it's really cool to design and, and make use out of a smaller space. You're seeing a lot of it actually throughout North America. Well, and uh, over the years, and more so now than before, not only the size of it, but the, the layout of it. Like, you know, in the past, open concept, open concept floor plans, that was the big thing. Everybody wanted one big space. Um, and now we're finding more and more people are inclined to look for homes that have more separation you know, a defined dining area, a separate den, a separate office, that sort of thing. And now being that everybody's home all day and trying to live among each other and not kill each other, um, we're finding having those extra rooms is really nice. And so we've seen people that have had, over the last six months, we've seen people that have had to sell for financial reasons. Yeah. We've seen people who wanted a bigger backyard because they're quarantining, they're they're in their own family bubble at home and wanted more space. We've got a ton of clients and seen a lot of people that are asking for homes with pools. Specifically, pool homes are hot, still hot. But this summer was crazy. If you had a home with a pool... In a lineup of people looking at it. Cashing in, for sure. Um, people just needing more. Like, think about it. Think about even even your home right now, right? You've got a three-bedroom home um, with two kids. So you've got no room upstairs. And, well, you don't even technically have an office. Your Your office is a corner of your basement. But that makes the rest of your basement unusable to the rest of the family when you're in your quote unquote office. Right. Yeah. But we have like uh, for my house. So it's 2050 square feet. I find it's like the perfect size for us. I wish we had more outdoor space, but inside is perfect. And we use, I would say 90% of the space on a daily basis. It's like upstairs on the main, on the top floor, we've got three bedrooms and a living, uh, a family room. So the kids are in there all the time. We've got a TV, all their toys. That's where they spend a lot of time. Main floor, kitchen, dining, living. We sit now, in the living room. Hang on, though. Hang on. Your youngest daughter isn't schooling yet. Your no. older daughter is. Yeah. Once your younger one starts, starts school, however that might be virtually or in class, because that's going to happen next year. Yeah. Um. And you're working from home. Your wife might decide she wants to have a little side hustle. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But a lot of families are experiencing that now, that both parents are working in some capacity at at home. And both children now in school at home. Where do you go? Well, it's virtual school. You're still, you can't go too far because you still got to be there. So, I mean, for us, I think we would, I would be fine with it. I'm in the basement. Alicia could be upstairs in the main level in the living room because one of us still has to 
keep an eye on the kids because even though they're home and in school, like yesterday, Tessa came down two or three times. She needed help with something. Teacher's not there to help her really. So we got to be on still kind of on call. And I could convert my, my room in the basement. That's currently a guest room. I can make it a, an office. I'm not having many guests right now. That's true. I'm surprised you haven't done that, actually. Well, I've got a bed. What the hell am I going to do with the bed? That's all, you know. And I'm okay with it this way. I, I might feel a little tight in there. So one of the... Uh... Fan, one one of the examples in in this article talks about three families now blending together to be in one property. So in this case, so they are a bubble. Have, they have their own bubble. Three families. Well, extended family, right? So you've got you've got the wife, husband, and child. Yeah, and then you've got both sets of in laws. Oh my God. Could you and, ever imagine doing that? <laughs> oh, me for, for certain, I can't live with anybody else. I've, you know, my, my own Good. family is my capacity <laughs> uh, to have my parents or my spouse's parents and certainly everybody all together. That would not fly for me. I certainly don't think it would fly for Natalie. Um, but this particular uh, situation, was it like they sold a couple of houses or three houses and they bought a big house? Correct. 7,000 square foot house. Wow. Uh, one of the parents has Alzheimer's, so it was more of um, a care thing. Yeah. And anyway, so I actually had a client you know about this. I had a client that is considering doing a similar thing and blending everybody under one roof. So, you know, I guess if the property is big enough and situated properly and, and what have you, maybe it's possible. Maybe, maybe we're going to see more of this. I do think we will see more of the grandparents moving in. Yeah. Cashing cashing out on the condo, cashing out on whatever they own and having an in-law suite of some kind, whether it's a separate building on the premises or more more than likely a walkout basement of some kind. Well, something um, that's important to be aware of with this too is you can't just buy a big property and make four apartments in it. It's not allowed. So if you're doing that legally, you can't. No, that's what I mean. So you have to go in understanding you're, you're really not probably not allowed to do that. You can often do one accessory apartment. Um, and that's about it. Having multiple, um, living accommodations, especially in separate buildings on one lot, not going to be allowed. So I know a lot of people go in with that and they don't think we were chatting with, I was chatting with someone recently and we went to a house and they had two really big detached garages, which size wise were easily able to accommodate a small apartment. But then you've got 
a whole new, I mean, aside from the fact that you legally, you're not allowed to do it. Aside from that, you've got, it was on septic. So now you've got, you got to tie into the septic system. There's no way that septic system's designed to accommodate three houses. So you're going to need a brand new septic system. And that's, I mean, for that, that size, you'd be looking at 50 to $75,000 or more, or you'd need multiple septic systems. Like it's just, you got to be careful on how you do it. You have to, I think you have to go in under the premise that are we okay all living kind of amongst each other? Cause it's not likely you're going to allow, be allowed to have three full kitchens or four full kitchens. Can we share some of the amenities throughout the house? Well, and just from a financial standpoint, you're not going to have three laundry rooms as an example. Right. So, um, well, another way to do it is you buy, um, something that is already set up like, a sixplex or whatever and yeah you actually buy a multi-residential property absolutely right right yeah that's not a bad idea or you build a multi-residential property somewhere where that zoning would be allowed yeah Um, you know that's that's what i would do i actually think as as much as i think tiny homes are going to be a thing and and good investments i also think multi-residential who you which you've always been a big fan of I think that's going to be um, super high demand going forward. Uh, another another interesting um, story in this article, and the title on this one, I left Toronto, found the love of my life, and bought 14 goats. <laughs> so uh, that's, that's another person moving to uh, rural property. That was a big thing for us this year. Yes, about 40 kilometers north of Guelph in yeah. the town of Arthur. Yep. And um, she bought a 72-acre hobby farm. Woo. From Moving from the city, from Toronto. Correct. That's, she had a two-bedroom apartment at Church in Adelaide. That's a big move. There's usually yeah. a couple stops in between for most people. That's like a progressive, I'm going to move well, from but Toronto. This is, this is what COVID has done to people. Right. Absolutely. It's it's driven people to make decisions that they probably wouldn't have made or been pushed to um to make that kind of decision. Like that, go- that kind of a move could also result in a oh my goodness, this was too big of a move. So now I need to find a happy medium. Yeah, maybe not right away, but when things go back to normal, uh then you realize Man, it's a two-hour drive to Walmart, yeah. uh, and uh, not everything gets delivered up there. Uh, you might start thinking differently, or who knows? Maybe I should have done it sooner, right? Well, I think there's people that also made the moves under the premise that their work arrangements may be long-term, where they could have that more flex schedule or working from home or whatever, um, and it may be for the foreseeable future. But you know, I suspect by this time next year. Yeah, we may be getting back to a little bit more of a normal kind of structure. It'll it'll be interesting to see, or we'll be able to get back to that. So it'll be interesting to see what employers are doing, whether they continue to accommodate it. If they find they've had a successful year while people work, were working remotely, will they continue to do that and save some money by downsizing on their commercial? That's a whole other story. Like commercial, what sort of hit is that industry, that market going to have? right? Offices aren't necessary anymore. Places are sitting vacant. I know. Well, that, that's a, why, you know, we talk about 
going back to normal, we don't have any idea what normal is going to look like, period. Don't even try and guess it because we couldn't have guessed this. And I can tell you, quite honestly, if you said to me, you know, and, and our lease is coming due in a few months at, at the KT studio. Um, so for those of you that, that don't know and haven't ever been there, uh, we do have a studio, which is slash um, office space. And it's located at 75 Main Street East in Milton, beautiful downtown Milton. We love it because we can, um, we get together there. We chat, we um, used to. Used to, used to. <laughs> we we locked the doors basically uh, mid March and pretty much haven't been back. Um, and it gets used rarely. Uh, right now, we just basically reopened the doors to allow one person at a time to go in. Uh, but for the most part, everybody's still staying home and and working remotely. So, if you said to me let's let the lease expire and not renew and not have an office space just wasting away and, and, and whatever, I would say, okay, fine. Save the money and, and put the furniture in storage. And who knows if we would ever get a space again, because I disagree. I, I from the perspective of, I thoroughly, I thrive in the team environment. I think a lot of I people do too. Do. And I think everybody, I think everybody on the team does. But as an example, if you're an accountant and you, you did the same thing, you closed your office That's and now you have, for sure. you have everybody working remotely. Well, is it, they could say the same thing that you just did. Oh, we like the team environment to be together and talk about issues in our paperwork or whatever. Um, I don't know if, if you are, um, well, a lot of, a lot of our real estate lawyers, you know, they're, they're working from home. They're yeah. having, they're having zoom conferences with their clients. Yeah. Um, you know, there's so many different industries that are going to be impacted in so many different ways and, and it all can impact real estate. But here's another tip for everybody. You know, the saying buy low, sell high. Yes. In real estate. Or in anything. Well, yes, but it, <laughs> specifically, we're talking about real estate. Yes. We're talking about real estate. And specifically, I think that that saying can be attributed to real estate more so than pretty much anything else, because it's something that everybody typically will buy and sell in their life. You know, many things you buy, um, but don't sell or will sell at a lesser value. So as an example, your car, yes. you might want to buy your car at a low price, but you're selling it even lower. So yes. real estate is one, uh, one thing that everybody buys that they can make money on and, and sell high. Anyways, I think commercial real estate is going to provide an opportunity over the next, it already has. And I think over the next year, there's going to be huge opportunities to buy low. And I think, Five years from now, whoever capitalizes in the next year, I think um, will be able to sell high because we know that space, I don't know the industrial market too much. You know, I don't spend a lot of time looking at it, but retail space, office space, 
store frontage, like on good high traffic areas? Well, I mean, retail traffic has dropped over the years significantly, period, let alone now. So I think what we're going to see too is a lot of that space, office and retail, is going to turn residential. Well, that's this is what I'm talking about. I think we're going to see a we're going to see a lot of weird things because of it. And I hope, I mean, look, I always, I, I always root for the small guy, right? And always support small businesses and mom and pop shops and local. I, I always do all my shopping locally if I can um, and give the business to that smaller store if I can. But let's face it, going through this crap right now, these are the stores that are going to feel the most impact and are probably going to close. We're seeing chains, you know, clothing retailers and things like that closing. Uh, I don't know. I get now all my groceries delivered to my front door. I get my toilet paper delivered to my front door. I, you know, everything. Amazon is killing it right now. Um, and the don't retailers... Amazon Prime Days are uh, October 12th and 13th or 13th and 14th. Just a reminder, everybody. <laughs> what are you, a fucking Amazon spokesperson? I got, I got an email yesterday. Uh, listen, and also, uh, I've been, I know, you know, retailers I've spoken to in the last little while, uh, or even, or sorry, not the last little while, before COVID, before we knew anything was happening. And I, you know, one of the things I would often ask them is why they haven't converted or created an online um, store. Why they're still reliant 100% on walk-in traffic uh, and having that retail location. Like it's, they will be inevitably doomed if they don't have some degree of online um, retail shopping available you have to convert yeah i agree very i think and especially when you look at how the transition into the next generations uh and the mentality and the purchasing shift like i can almost guarantee you that our children and and you know tessa is the oldest of the four but and she's only what six yeah so by the time she has any purchasing power, like when she's in her teens, do you think she's going to really go out to the mall? I don't think so. I think shopping malls are doomed. Uh, you know, I look at conversion projects that happened in, in Toronto, like um, Tip Top Tailors and... Um, so many different uh, buildings that got converted to lofts or different types of homes within those buildings. I think we're going to see a ton of that. I think it's definitely a good opportunity for people to pick up real estate, hold on to it and, and reap the re rewards of, even if you don't want to do that conversion, I think there are going to be a lot of investors in a few years time looking to to do that we might be one of them i'd be all over that i think there's a big opportunity and i think that's fun too i think being able to convert old buildings there's so much character that you just can't replicate 
the challenge is a lot of the townships, the municipalities, the the bylaws don't allow for it necessarily. And I think, um, you know, I think the powers that be, the governments that control that, the and then the, um, you know, the individual townships that control that, they're, they're going to have to be thinking differently. And the problem is a lot of, lot of the people that are in control of all this are dinosaurs themselves. So, you know, you got to get new thinking in before things. And it inevitably happens, just takes time. The other thing that we're seeing happening is, and we've talked about this time and time and time again, people are moving further away. The real estate in Niagara and St. Catharines and Grimsby and Niagara-on-the-Lake and uh, Brantford and uh, London. I mean, you know, you're talking places that a few years well, like, ago. Like this person in Arthur. Right. Probably sold a condo and paid cash for this place. And we're seeing a lot of that now. You know, and it makes sense if you've got a home that's valued at seven, eight, nine hundred thousand dollars in the GTA, and you sell that, you can buy something out in Niagara or London for half of the price, probably even get a nicer place. And either you're carrying half of the mortgage or you've just pocketed a shit ton of money. And now, my my warning to everybody is if you do do that, what are you doing with that money? How are you reinvesting it? Are you buying more real estate? Because uh, again, take advantage of the opportunities that uh, that might present itself over the next year. And those opportunities, even though I think the market for residential real estate is going to stay relatively strong, we've seen 11, 12% year over year gains um, right across the GTA on average. I think we're going to see a little bit more of a balance, but there are going to be opportunities in certain areas for certain properties. And you got to be able to pounce on those opportunities. And if you're a landlord or looking to be a landlord, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be renting. So, well, and if you're uh, the Toronto market is one that would be interesting to watch because the Toronto market is, it's just all industry driven, right? Like people are working downtown, living downtown. If they no longer have to work in the office, I sure as shit don't think they're going to want to live in that tiny little condo. There's a move. That's why there's there's so many properties for rent downtown right now. Yep. There's been a lot of chat about that. The condo market in downtown Toronto has seen uh, a big impact due to the fact that people are getting the hell out. And that's why Milton, as an example, has been booming with people that are buying from the East End, like from downtown Toronto. Um, Guelph, as an example, Guelph has been exploding. And there was an article recently about 70% of the buyers that are purchasing right now in Guelph are from Toronto or the immediate vicinity of Toronto. Mm -hmm. So they're saying, you know, instead of owning this two bedroom, two bath, $800,000 condo, 
and I don't even have a parking space. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to buy this two car garage home with a huge backyard and uh, get myself a car and my mortgage is actually less. Well, and Guelph in or particular. My, or my monthly expenses, once you consider maintenance fees, are less. Guelph specifically has a great downtown as well, right? So it's a good balance. I love Guelph. Guelph is, Guelph is my high, high, high on my radar for buy now. Yeah. Um, and lastly, the other, <laughs> the other thing that, of course, I wanted to talk about is... Um, just people needing more space. And the last two articles within this publication was uh, we moved up to a four bedroom house. And the other says, once I saw how much interest rates dropped, I was able to buy a house with a yard. So that's the other thing that we're seeing is, and we kind of went full circle here, but people just needing more space and that's what's kept the real estate market going because as an example if you own a three-bedroom home in mississauga um you know you might be able to afford a four-bedroom home in milton and the person that owns that two-bedroom condo in toronto now buys that three-bedroom home in in mississauga so there's this whole trickle down effect that happens or trickle up effect, if, if you can, um, from what you just said, that people now, if they're working remotely and don't have to live, you know, if they, if they work at, you know, uh, TD Waterhouse, uh, they don't have to be in the building. They probably can't be in the building. So um, well, a lot of these places are closed down right to the middle of the next year. They've already committed to that. Correct. It's it's actually interesting on a side note how it's even in fact uh, infected how it's infected some people, but how it's affected <laughs> how it's affected uh, what we do in terms of staging. So, for example, we have a house coming up for sale uh, in Georgetown next week or the week after that, and we've opted to take a room that we would normally stage as a living area with couches and you know, sitting area, a formal family room or whatever. Uh, and we're uh, going to set it up as like a learning area with a couple of desks for kids um, and chairs. And, idea. Super right? idea. Because that's how people are using the spaces differently within their house now. More home offices, more uh, space for kids to work uh, without distraction. And it's just affecting absolutely everything. Well, it's affecting the people, you know, again, when you're out there as a buyer, you're thinking differently. Yeah. So it's even affected the way we are writing our descriptions for our MLS listings and for our website, Yeah. you know, to, to create that vision. And there are a lot of people, like if, if you think about how many six figure earners are now working from home full time, so the people that can afford the space now want that space and they want it to be comfortable. They want it to look good. So like even me, I've got my dedicated office, which I'm sitting in right now. Okay. I'm in the basement and I don't get a lot of natural light and I've got a desk that I, I built myself, which I like. Uh, but my chair, even though it's only a couple years old, oh, I don't, don't even find, talk about chairs. 
I don't find it very comfortable at all. Do you want to compare um, chairs right now? Let me see your chair. Show me your chair. It's, it's a high back. Look it's at this thing. Back. Look at this thing. <laughs> I don't want to know why you've got so much wear and tear on that seat, but is it, is, it com- is it comfortable? It looks like shit, but is it comfortable? I actually don't mind it. But you know what? I've, one thing I've learned too is uh, whenever I was working from home, I would resort to coming and sitting down here in my office, aka corner of the basement. But now, uh, especially with the nicer weather, I'll go sit in the backyard. I'll sit in the living room when the sun's shining in the back window. You know, I go all over. So I don't really have a designated space unless everybody's up and about. Then I'll come down here. Yeah, for me, I, I have to be in my space because otherwise my my head isn't there. So I lock myself in the office. And um, and so now, anyways, now I'm realizing, well, hey, this is not changing for the next six to eight months, right? We're going to go through winter and into the spring doing the exact same thing we're doing now from, mm-hmm. from our perspective and in our business. And I'm thinking that I need to set this up a lot better for me to be comfortable and feel good in it. And if I didn't have this space, I would build it or move to find a, a spot that would provide well, me Yeah, space. some people, that's the thing. A lot of people are living in houses that just cannot accommodate the changes they want. Right, exactly. So, um, so I think we're going to see a lot more of that. Anyways, I mean, episode 99, if you are still following along and you're listening or watching, uh, give us a thumbs up, make sure you subscribe. And uh, I love listening to these podcasts on uh, Apple podcasts. It streams so well with my car. Are you an Apple spokesperson? I I guess I am. And Apple news, Apple podcasts. Well, you know, as much of a spokesperson as I can be, I do own all of the Apple products pretty much, uh, except the Apple watch. I refuse to. Oh, have. you have to. It's the best thing ever. I know you're mm-hmm. against it, but it's, it's the most amazing thing ever. It's so convenient. I, first and of it, all, I don't, I don't wear a watch. I never and used if, to. And, um, I don't know. I don't need to be that connected. And Nat, I bought one for Natalie. She doesn't use it. And I thought, well, maybe I'll give it a try. No, not, not doesn't interest me. And, you know, anyways, I I mean, it tracks everything all day. Your exercise, your steps, your heartbeat, your, the new, I don't fucking move anywhere. Why do I need to track? Because that's a, that's exactly why you need to. It'll remind you, get your lazy ass out of your seat. Okay. If I go for a walk. Yes. I know you got your phone. I, I listen to podcasts while I walk. Okay. So I got my phone. But wouldn't you like to go back after the walk and say, oh, that was my heartbeat while I was walking versus my resting heart rate? Interesting. What am I going to do with that information? Become a better, healthier person. How? You don't, you can't improve what you don't track. Okay. So let's just say it's tracking your heartbeat and resting rate and all that. (laughs) What analysis are you doing that then transpires into changes in your life well if uh, nothing if you don't care to or pay attention to it i say all this and mind tracks it but i don't look at it i'm just saying it's it's just super convenient 
Well, it's the only Apple product that I don't own. Um, all of the other products I, I use on a regular basis and, and quite enjoy. If you don't upgrade your phone whenever they release the... I am anxiously... Wait, listen, I would have bought the new one if it was released recently, which it was not. And now I've heard it'll be middle of October. I'm going to get one. I assure you. The seven you. has served me well. And, and five years later. I may frame it. Because it's anyways, Winston much. is uh, barking upstairs, so I'm going to go check in on him. And uh, it was nice chatting with you. I would love to hear from whoever is listening what their thoughts are, and if they've considered making a change in their real estate decisions or their home ownership decisions. Love to hear some feedback from from those of you that listen, follow, or those clients of ours that haven't made a move yet, but are considering it. Um, you know, it's always good to know what people are thinking. We have our thoughts. They're candid and open discussions, but uh, without your comments, we don't know what the truths are. So well, another real estate agents, tell us your stories. Tell us about uh, some examples of how COVID has affected your business the types of moves you've assisted people with. That's actually a good point. I'd love to do uh, a podcast where other realtors chime in um, and tell us what they're doing. Because our business is very different than a lot of real estate agents, right? So anyway, episode 99. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Adrian, Subscribe, I will like, comment. Episode 100, next episode coming up. Looking forward so, to it. Me too. I'll see you then. Ciao.